Hello, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at the Strad. This episode, I'm joined by two women, a luthier and a violinist, whose chance encounter on social media has paved the way for a very special collaboration between the two. Fiddler Anne Harris was looking to expand her violin sound from her current 1961 Roth violin, when, while scrolling on Instagram, she came across Amanda Ewing, the first black female luthier on record in the United States. With the help from GoFundMe, Amanda will make a new instrument for Anne, making it the first violin ever to be commissioned between two African-American women. Our conversation illustrates the importance of representation, where you'll hear about how Amanda got into Luthery, how Anne communicates her vision to Amanda, as well as how personality of an instrument's sound lies not only in the wood, but in the hands of the maker. Here are Amanda Ewing and Anne Harris. Amanda and Anne, welcome to the Strad Podcast. It's really wonderful to have you both here speaking to me all the way from Nashville. (laughs) So we're here today to talk a little bit about your collaboration and you've commissioned Amanda to make you a violin. First of all, I wanted to direct a question to Amanda about how you got into Luthery because I was reading this fact on the internet that you're the first African-American female Luthier on record in the United States and when I read that I thought like what clearly you're not 300 years old (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like Stradivari (laughs) but then I also thought well oh you know because Luthery is very much a European white male dominated industry so Mm -hmm. What sparked it for you? You know, tell me about your Luthery story. Yes, I do believe there are some, for sure, unsung Black Luthiers in history, maybe even female as well. It's just that uh, record keeping wasn't on our side. And so if there were makers out there who looked like me, who were Black and female, we just won't know about them um, because they're dead and gone and along with their stories. So that's one of the reasons why it's so important for me to share my voice and share what I'm doing so that there is a firm record of a female black maker and black makers. Mm -hmm. So how I got started, uh, the madness began after I was released from a job position in the corporate America after like 16 years. And so I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do next. Luthery was not on the table. It was nowhere on the table. I had not even thought about it. I can honestly say I I didn't really think about where our furniture came from, (laughs) where certain wood products came from. I just know I went to the store and I picked it up and I left and that was all that I thought about. And so during my transition, my personal transition, I just decided to pursue all those things that brought me joy because I really didn't have a concrete idea of what I wanted to do next, but I had a concrete idea of how I wanted to feel about what I wanted to do next. Mm. So I was like, okay, I don't know how all of this is going to work out in life. So let me just get back into dancing and let me get back into playing and let me get back into traveling and let me do all these things that I kind of haven't done after like life took over. And so when I found the nonprofit strings organization here in Nashville to fiddle around with literally, um, because I hadn't played the violin like 
and my son is 10, maybe 10 years. And at that time when I was playing, I only played for two years. So I'm no Ann Harris, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I was doing my best and actually trying to encourage my daughter to play piano. So they recommended that you should do something too while she was here. And I was like, well, I've always loved strings. So I'll pick that up too as a way to encourage her. And it was in that organization that I learned that there was a person who was servicing their instruments that were donated to the nonprofit. And that that person was called a luthier. So that's my first introduction to that term. And so um, a lot of those instruments were donated. A lot of them needed a lot of love. So the organization was really happy about having someone knowledgeable to be able to make sure the children coming into the program had fairly decent instruments to learn from and play on. And then there was chatter about that. And then someone said, oh, this person made this instrument and made that instrument. And I've never really liked my instrument. It was one of the cheaper ones you get when you're not really <laughs> sure about whether or not it's going to be something you sustain. So I was like, okay, yeah, give me that one. $600 sounds pretty good. And I can pay on it monthly. And so perfect for my budget at that time. Um, but I never really liked the tone of it. And so I thought, well, hey, this person made an instrument. That's crazy alone. So maybe I could have an instrument made too, and maybe I'd love it. And so we had started having a conversation about that, of, of instrument making it and how it was even possible. Because my mind was already blown pretty much. Like, how do you even do that? Because I've only seen the finished product. So I'm thinking, what really goes on? in the in-between, that must be magical, pretty magical. So because I was unemployed <laughs> and I wasn't doing much at that time, the conversation kind of leaned towards, well, why don't I just show you kind of how it's done? Because I had a lot of questions like any novice person would. I got into the shop and just started to kind of observe and I really didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that it was exciting. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. It was unlike anything I felt that I ever experienced before at that time. So I was like, you know, why not? I'm going there once a week, hanging out, having conversation that I've never had before. So let's just see where it goes. And it went somewhere fairly quickly. Yeah, certainly very different from corporate America, I imagine. It's a really nice way to sort of get into it because, you know, you're, you're doing it concurrently with your children exploring music. And there's something very loving about Luthery, isn't it? I mean, it's a very personal, quite an intimate craft. You're literally working with your hands and, and it's very, very one-on-one. -on -one. And you sort of develop this relationship I imagine with these instruments so you know I can I can totally see how you'd be like okay well I'm I'm kind of hooked on this now right <laughs> oh totally hooked yeah, yeah. totally hooked it is a, a really beautiful relationship that develops that it's very unexpected with the wood because you get to understand how the wood behaves because you're working with it for so many hours mm -hmm. so it's really intriguing to know yes I know that this piece of wood likes this and it doesn't like this it's like this tool and it doesn't like this tool and it sounds really odd but it's so true you're like no this spruce does not like this plane it only likes this plane so I have to use this plane on this spruce it's incredible but it does happen a relationship builds over time and so you get to know this piece intimately it does become somewhat of an intimate relationship and that's really beautiful yeah. it's, it's part of the beauty of it it's so personal it's got so much personality to it I wanted to ask Anne you know tell me a little bit more about this collaboration between you and Amanda. You're a violinist, you're a fiddler, and I was reading that the time came for you to explore 
getting a new instrument. So yeah, tell me a little bit about how you met Amanda and how Amanda's now making you a violin. It's, it's really kind of interesting because the violin I play on now is the, is the violin that I've had since I grew into a full-size violin. It was the first fiddle my parents ever bought me and it's traveled with me all these years through so, so much. And I love the sound of my violin and for the work I do and for the music that I play and the sounds that I want to make, it's it's a beautiful instrument. But a couple of years ago, I think it was around when the shutdown started, I started doing a lot more studio work in my home studio. I, I do tracks for people and, and recording and I love creating those parts and layering them. And, and I have been thinking it would be really interesting to expand my sound with a new instrument. And I had that in the back of my mind, uh, not with any sense of urgency again, because the fiddle I have is, is great. But when you're kind of in that insular little recording environment and you're creating these thick pieces and you want layers of sound, you know, you kind of want to have other voices and more depth and also just thinking about how I wanted to expand in live performance through the voice of another instrument. So that's in the back of my mind. And then the algorithms really brought me to Amanda because they brought <laughs> one of her posts came up on my Instagram and I saw this incredible picture of this beautiful black woman luthier. And I just something clicked in my head. I'm like, I have to stalk her. I have to know her. And this is the person that's going to make my new violin. All along, I've been thinking, well, I'll sort of put away some bits here and there and I'll save and I'll, I'll go to the luthier that, that works on my violin and bow that services it near where I live. And, you know, through the process of a, a six to eight months, I'll try out some of his fiddles and I'll eventually find something I really like. Another addition to my violin family. But as soon as I laid eyes on Amanda and saw her story and then had the great fortune of meeting her in person and playing on the first violin, I am just so grateful to have crossed paths with her and to be embarking on this historical journey together. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. The power of social media, right? I mean, I think that's right. that's how I got in touch with you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Instagram is like my little angel. Yeah, yeah. The strat is watching. It, it loves me. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you, you're embarking on this journey together to create this violin. Um, Amanda, you mentioned earlier about how you learn so much about a piece of wood's personality, how it behaves, how it reacts to different tools. You know, tell me a little bit about the nuances of the materials that you've discovered um, with Anne's violin that you're crafting. Yeah, well, Anne's violin is still in the making. It, it hasn't officially begun yet. It's beginning in September. Anne and I were already talking about that. But before Anne's violin, I started a violin when I went to Italy. And I was like, I'm going to use that instrument I'm going to finish it and kind of get out all of my nerves that I have going on because every time you start something new you just never know what you're going to encounter like any new relationship and I'm learning that from a base that I'm currently building and it I said it's going to be my greatest teacher and it's becoming my greatest teacher of 2022 because there's so much going on with this base top that I'm just like wow so it doesn't like anything and this second one's she, She's tough on me too. So there's a lot of tweaking that has to go on. But 
and specific wood. You know, me and Anne, when we were talking about it, we were talking about a number of areas where we can get Anne's wood and exploring. And I don't have like a personal logger, but I do have some people in my sphere, but usually violin makers, especially in the United States, we'll go to International Violin or we'll go to Metropolitan Music Company and get wood and they have the suppliers and it'd be really beautiful to kind of have someone you can go to direct but currently I'm not that cool and that's okay <laughs> uh, so I did look around a little bit but I did find some wood from Metropolitan Music Company who has a person to go get some wood from and it was just really beautiful wood and so it's all laid out very nicely and just waiting for the magic uh, to get started but you know a lot of individuals really do talk about the wood and I do believe that the wood is very important and I know how important it is for it to be dried and I know how important it is to be aged, but I really believe that the magic lies in the hands of the maker. Mm -hmm. I believe that you can have all the right tools that you need to be able to accomplish something, but if it's not executed well and properly and with love, you know, it may not be something so grand. Um, so I am really excited about any particular wood that I get into my hands. And I've been sent wood. People on Instagram have, have, like, I got some of this pine and this and that. And so I'm really excited about any particular wood that I receive because I know that the magic that I have in me is going to show itself in the creations that I make. Yeah. So I'm always excited to see what that looks like in real time once it's all finished yeah it's it's your canvas isn't it and it's it it's, really it's a metaphor is. for life really it's like you can do everything by the book but if it's done with love and if it's done with care then it tells so much more of a story than just you know executing particular steps I want to know Anne are there any particular requests that you've made <laughs> for the violin you know in terms of sound or perhaps in the way it looks is Amanda going to have her work cut out for her <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's so interesting when we first back in the winter agreed to work together on this commission, I sent Amanda a vision board because I thought it would be a little more accurate than words because all of the words that I was coming up with seemed super obvious. Like I wanted to sound good. You know? <laughs> I don't think you're going to get anyone who's going to say, I, I, I just kind of want an instrument that's a bit average, actually. <laughs> I know, exactly. And everything that I kept thinking of, every word and description felt a bit derivative. And then I thought, what if I kind of put together a vision board kind of poster of what I want to feel when I play the instrument. And so I, I sent her a picture that was a poster, a collage sort of piece that was made for a concert, a festival that I did. And it sort of expressed the things that I mainly want to feel. And I also had a long conversation with my luthier, with my current luthier that just does the service work on my current fiddle and, on my, and rehears my bow. And we got together for this, this long walk on a blustery winter day in my little town outside of Chicago. And I said, you know, should I have a certain language that I'm going to speak to a Are there certain key words that are going to help her? And I want to make sure that I, I, I can be clear about my intentions. But, you know, and he basically told me some of the best advice I think I've ever heard when it comes down to it. You've chosen this person 
to make you the instrument because of who they are, because of the spirit they're going to bring into the wood. And at the end of the day, you can list off a whole bunch of adjectives of how you want to feel. And, and it's going to come down to you have trust in this person for a reason. You're drawn together for a reason. And she's going to do what she's going to do. It, it's in her hands, literally. And be <laughs> learning along the way. Because even the most experienced luthier who's been doing it forever, each new piece of what is a new journey and each new commission is a whole new universe a whole new you know person with their sets of experiences and expectations so so it's really about release it's the process of release you know I've chosen Amanda because I believe in her I've played on one of her instruments and the feeling I had is the feeling I want to have with this new violin and so it will align itself I have complete faith in that it is it is a journey as well and it doesn't stop with the violin just being made because you will continue to develop the sound and the story of the violin as you keep performing on it and this piece of wood that goes from a piece of tone wood to to your voice with this journey in between it's yeah it's a really really exciting thing you're you're gonna have to keep us posted as to how it goes I think oh yeah Yeah. It's going to be taking this violin. I mean, it's its story is going to be told around the world, which is super moving to me. It's going to go with Anne around the yeah. world, and it's going to tell a story with Anne as she takes. I mean, it's it's one one could dream of, you know, right? Only just the I dreamed a little bit small, and then boom, Anne shows up and she blows up my whole world. And she's like, actually, this is what it's going to be like. You're going to be traveling around with Anne every time she's on stage. So, you know, she's... Look, I can carry a bag. I I have kids, so I can carry around. I will be her assistant for sure. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for sharing your stories. As I said before, keep us posted. We'd love to hear how this instrument comes about once it's all finalized and continues on its journey. So thanks once again. Thank you so much, Javina. We appreciate you having us. That was Amanda and Anne. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear how this instrument sounds. It just goes to show that the collaboration between luthiers and players is such a magical thing. Have you ever commissioned a new instrument or created one yourself? Drop us an email at thestrad at thestrad.com or send us a message on our socials because it'd be really fascinating to hear your experiences. We might even win letter of the month. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. If you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. If you're a student, we've got 50% off an online subscription for you. And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. It helps us out loads. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.